0: our scripture reading today is from luke chapter 2 verses 8 to 20 and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the lord appeared to them and the glory of the lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear and the angel said to them fear not for behold Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Sherry, for reading that passage. I love this story. A while back, I was listening to a podcast, and the podcaster told a story about being on a platform in the subway system of New York City. And he was standing there as as the the platform began to fill up, as the train was getting ready to come in. Out of the corner of his eye, he noticed that there was a man who was maybe a little uh, mentally... Challenge. He was, he was walking up to people, and he was getting real close to, to, to an individual, and he would say something. And then he would move to the next person, and he would say something. And it was very quick what he was saying, and the guy noticed that nobody was, was reacting to what he was saying. People weren't acting nervous. They weren't acting super uncomfortable. They just, he would just say this and kind of move down. And so he's kind of keeping an eye on him. He's moving closer, and, and he gets close enough that he can hear what he's saying. And what he's, what he's saying is he goes up to somebody, and he looks at him, and he says, you're in. And then he goes up to the next person, you're in. And the next person, you're out. You're out. You're in. You're out. And he was saying that to everybody. And he said, as I stood there and as he got closer to me, I found myself hoping that I was in. I love that story because that totally would have been me. That totally would have been me thinking, I want to be in. I want to be in. When we hear the story of the shepherds, it's a story of who's in and who's out. And the shepherds are out. They're on the outside of things. And that's what makes the story of the angels visiting them so amazing. 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 Let me tell you a little bit about, to to understand the life of a shepherd, it's important for us to understand that the shepherds lived and moved and had their being in a ceremonial world and part of what they did uh, was related to the ceremonial world they were a part of. The shepherds would keep watch over these flocks and the nature of their, their job was to care for these sheep that would be used as sacrifices to atone for the sins of the people. So they were watching over many times, many of the animals they watched over would be sacrificed to atone for the sins of the people. And yet, because of some of the things that their work required in handling animals and sometimes handling dead animals, they would become themselves ceremonially unclean people. And so there's this system where these lambs are used as sacrifices to atone for the sins of the people, for those who are on the inside of that ceremonial system, but they're watched over by these shepherds who care for them in the act of preparing and and preserving these animals for these sacrifices. They themselves become on the outside of the ceremonial system. They become unclean. And here's what happens when you live in a ceremonial world and you are on the outside and considered unclean. People look at you and they assume that the reason that you're on the outside and you're unclean is because there's something in your character that makes you irreligious, that makes you untrustworthy. And what this means is for the shepherds, their very lives become a kind of a a sacrifice unto its own, right? And so you have this ceremonial world they're a part of, there's insiders, they're outsiders, and these shepherds are on the outside looking in in a lot of ways. And so when the angel appears to them, he's appearing to marginalized people. And what he's saying to them is he's saying, go behold the end of your life as an outsider. What is the angel's message to to the shepherds? Well, at the heart of it is a savior has been born, Christ the Lord in the city of David. The divine deliverer who will atone for the sins of the people has been born. But there are two words in the angel's message to the shepherds that catch their attention. And those two words are unto you. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The divine Savior and Messiah had been born unto them, unto the shepherds. What the angel is saying is you, shepherds, are not outsiders to this gift. You are decidedly insiders to this gift. I mean, imagine it. He's appearing to some of the most disregarded people in the land, and what is he giving them? He's giving them the greatest announcement that has ever been delivered to them. As Tom said this morning when when we started with our call to worship, he is born, he's risen. He's given them that message. He's born. He's born to them. Now, if you are a shepherd and an angel appears to you, you're you're probably going to feel like, okay, something unusual is happening right now. But if you're a skeptic, any skeptics in the room? If you're a skeptic, you're going to say, okay, but I might need to see some evidence that that's the case. Because the whole time I've been on this earth, it's been one way. And what is the proof that the angel gives the shepherds? Unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord and here's where you're gonna find him. You're gonna find him in your domain. You're gonna find him in the unclean places. You're going to find him where the lambs are kept. But he's going to be the one not wrapped in wool, but wrapped in the swaddling cloth. The story of the birth of Jesus, the stories of the life of Jesus, the story of the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, they really demand a response from you and they demand a response from me what do you do with this the angels respond or the shepherds respond how do they respond they say let's go see let's just look into this let's go see if this is the case and so that's what they do they go to this place these people who have lived this isolated existence in many ways outcast and suspect the angel says a savior has been born for you they go and they see where he is and he's not in a palace and he's not in a temple But he's where the lambs are kept. And they see Mary and Joseph and they tell them what has just happened. And you have to understand, right, that the shepherds are not just telling Mary and Joseph about a visit from an angel. What they're telling Mary and Joseph is what the visit from the angel told them about who this child was and who he would be to to them. And Mary's catching these words in a net, right? And she's treasuring them in her heart. But it raises the question for all of us with the story of the birth of Jesus. You have to do something with it. You have to investigate it. Christmas tells you you're not forgotten. You're not forgotten. And so is there anything in you that moves you to investigate the news of the Savior? Because Christ has come, and he's come to atone for your sins. Does it move you to investigate? The shepherds respond. And their response is to do that, to look into it more, to not just brush it off, but to say, okay. But they're not the only ones who respond to that message. Because when we look at the story, there's another group that responds to the news that the angel delivers, and that is the angels themselves. And it gets crazy. It's bonkers. It's bonkers right? When I look at this scene and you look at what the scripture says, the way it describes it is it says, an angel appeared and delivers this message. And then as soon as the message is delivered, suddenly there was a host of heavenly angels singing and praising and glorifying God. Here's the only way I can imagine that unfolding, is that the Lord gathered these angels and said, uh, and pointed at one of them and said, you're going you're to deliver the story. And the others were like, come on, I want to deliver the story. And the Lord says, okay, you can be there. You have to hide. But you can be there when the message is delivered. And as soon as he's done delivering the message, then you can show up. And that's what happens in the passage. And they all just appear, and they can't stop praising God, and they're singing, and they're hearing this, this message, and they're delighting in the Lord. And it's one of those things that should help us understand the magnitude of what we celebrate in Christmas. Because if you're like me, we wake up on Christmas, and we've had a few of them right? And we kind of know the routine of what Christmas is going to be like, and we get excited and we do things that are kind of perfunctory for Christmas. We go to church services and we uh, sit around a table and we say certain things, whatever you guys do in your house, and you open presents at a particular time of day, and you, you have a way that you go about things. But the angel's response to this news is the right response to the news. Like our response might be, cool christmas is here it's also tiring but the angels are like no 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 this is the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of the world and they can't contain their praise if we're wise we will grant that the angelic response fits the declaration even if it doesn't move us in the same way why because here's what the apostle paul told the church in corinth in second corinthians 8 and 9 he says you know That the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor. That you by his poverty might become rich. Jesus was born poor for your sake, he lived poor for our sake, he died poor. For our sake, the angels, when they deliver this message, they are watching Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, become poor so that by his poverty, we might become rich. And they can't contain their amazement at this. Rich in what sense? Well, the angel gives the answer. The angel says, rich in this sense, Jesus is going to bring you peace with God. And there is nothing that any heart in this room longs for more than peace with God. We may not say it that way, but all of the things that we chase after, all of the addictions that we coddle, all of the materialism, all of the good things too, the the, the loves and the, and the, and the, the, the things that we pour ourselves into to find meaning and purpose, all of these things are because there's some sense inside all of us that we were made to live in this world right with one another and right with our maker. And what the angel is telling the shepherds and the shepherds are telling Mary and Joseph and what scripture is telling us, is that this is the wealth. This is the wealth that we get. This is the riches that we get. As we get peace with God, it's the reason Jesus came to reconcile us to our creator. He came to make peace and to do so by paying the wage of sin, by by dealing with the hostility, by dealing with the enmity, by dealing with all of it. And what he does is he reconciles us to God from the manger to the cross. Jesus never considered the comforts of this world to be more important to him than you and than me. Not only is peace with God the best gift that we could possibly imagine, it is exceeding more glorious than we can imagine. If we just watch the angels respond to it, their response fits the announcement. It it fits the announcement. Because essentially what the angels are telling the shepherds is this. Look, this whole world... This whole world is a stable. The whole world is a stable. We're all poor, all of us. Sometimes it's a poverty that looks like the life of an outsider. Sometimes it's the poverty of having so much that we're just bored with life. Sometimes it's the poverty of having no power. Sometimes it's the poverty of being utterly dependent on the generosity of others. Sometimes it's the poverty of feeling adrift in this world, unsure where we fit. And sometimes it's a material poverty. It's it's a lack of resources and relationships. But to all of us, a child has been born in the city of David who is the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. May that image of that manger where the sacrificial lambs are kept, serve as a reminder to us that Jesus has come into this world in the same way that he left it, out among the poor, despised, singularly driven by his purpose to ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appears. So rejoice. Rejoice. Emmanuel has come to you. You're in. Father, thank you. Thank you for the gift of your son who reconciles us to you through his life, through his death, through his resurrection. And most importantly, through his love, his unfailing perfect love for us. We're grateful, Lord. I pray, Father, that every home represented in this room would be filled with laughter, would be filled with joy, would be filled with a sense of peace. In your provision of everything that we need to be at rest in our souls with you. Lord, for those of us in this room who may be in the process of investigating the simple claim of whether or not a Savior really has been given, Lord, would you do for them what you did for the shepherds, and that is prove your love to their hearts. We thank you, Lord, that we live between two Advents, that we celebrate the first coming of Jesus as we anticipate his return. And Lord, we ask for that return when everything will be made new. And we thank you, Lord, for your kindness and the beauty of the gift of your son. It's in his name we pray, Jesus. Amen.